Hello, welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. It is the ultimate in commercial agent training. Check it out at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, here we are. It is Monday. It is March 23rd, and I'm calling it Corona time. <laughs> you know, not time to drink Corona, but we're certainly dealing with uh, coronavirus. And uh, everyone's curious. You know, where are we? What's going on? What's happening with the market? What's happening with the REITs? How is the government impacting? You know, are we in a pause period? How long is it going to be? A lot of questions. Well, we'll try to get some answers. Please welcome my guest. It's Calvin Schnoor, and he is a economist and he is with NARI, which is a national association of REITs and he's uh joining us on uh, i guess you'd call this uh a phone right calvin <laughs> hey, hey michael it's good to be back on your show again with uh, with a new a new old-fashioned connection yeah there you go that's good thanks for being with us you know and i think you know the last downturn we had galvin uh is in the memory of a lot of people you know 0809 uh you know and what happened there and it seemed like it was a real estate-based recession, so it was a little different. It also seemed to the pause at that time, kind of the freeze or pause, if you will, seemed to be fairly long. What do you see different in, in what's going on as we speak today uh, compared to um, the previous recession? You know, the first thing is this is obviously uh, developing quickly into a very serious crisis. And actually, probably the first difference from 2008 is just how rapidly this has unfolded. I mean, two weeks ago, very few people anticipated that the need to have the self-isolation, the lack of face-to-face -face contact would have such an impact on economic activity. But it's here, but it's here, and the markets are grappling with it right now. Um, there, are, there are some really big differences of 2008 versus now, though, and the biggest one is, if you keep in mind the distinction between a liquidity crisis and insolvency. And in 2008, there was both a liquidity crisis, but also insolvency, because most homeowners with a subprime mortgage were insolvent. They, they were underwater. They didn't have enough money to, to pay it off, even if they had the, the cash flow. But also you had insolvency problems through the banking system and through a lot of investors in subprime mortgage-backed securities. But you look at today, this year began with most sectors having a pretty solid balance sheet position. They had higher net worth and less debt. I'm talking not just households, but also small and large businesses and banks and also REITs and commercial property owners. So we don't have the combination of both insolvency and illiquidity. This is really a very short-term, very severe liquidity crunch for businesses, homeowners, um, households, and financial markets, and for real estate. Yeah, and is that one of the big differences where you just mentioned short time? I guess we don't know for sure how long, but is, is that one of the big differences? Well, it, 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 just, it just came so suddenly. I, the crisis, the mortgage crisis, uh, really intensified starting as early as February of 2007, but didn't reach ahead until September, October of 2008. So you had 18 months where things unfolded. And we're talking about things unfolding in 18 days here. So this is a much compressed time timeline and it's having a very deep impact across most sectors of the economy and and calvin as we speak today you know the the government is trying to help uh they're trying to pass legislation to help uh, tenants of companies uh, help people out of work uh, how much impact is that having on commercial real estate on the market and, and on reits 
Well, we're hopeful that it's going to have an impact. Of course, you know, these these are things that are literally happening today. Uh, we're here speaking Monday, and these are things that have been announced are just happening today. Um, the Fed has reenacted a lot of the programs that they put in place in 2008 to help support financial markets with, with a couple of key differences. One of them is, again, they acted very quickly in, in, in a week or so, but they had the model already. They knew what they wanted to do. The second is they've actually done more in the past week or so than they did through the whole period in 2008, both in terms of the types of programs and the dollar amounts. And I'd like to call attention to one thing, especially that the Fed announced this morning, is that it's expanding its purchases of agency mortgage-backed securities to include the commercial mortgage-backed securities that are backed by the loans for multifamily for apartment markets. Uh, that's helping protect a part of the real estate market that had been a little bit outside the scope of the government programs. Uh, let me just talk quickly. The other, the other programs that we're seeing that Congress is debating right now, what they will do to help households and small businesses that have all of a sudden seen all of their cash flows getting getting cut off. You know, it's like oxygen. You can't go very long without having some access to, to cash flows. Right. And let's let's jump to REITs here for, for a moment because it seems like REITs were, were doing very well, most of them, and uh, in the market. And now they've had a severe drop in uh, values. And I know you can't give advice on buying, uh, buying stock at REITs, but wow, it seems like it could be good timing to get in. I'm holding off on thinking what the ultimate impact is on any part of the economy until we see what happens with the public health crisis, because uh, the, the economic impact is really because there's a sudden stop of activity to prevent the transmission of the virus. If these public health measures act fairly quickly, then business can get back to normal. A lot of businesses can get back to normal fairly quickly. You know, but we don't know. This may drag on longer. But if you look at REITs, if you look at real estate, there's a lot of different experience across the different property types. You have some, the lodging and resorts, the hotel sector or the retail sector that are really facing the, the first wave of this shock fairly sharply. But then you look at some of the others, you know, the, the apartment sector, the office sector, you know, they don't have the very short-term leases. And actually, you know, people may not go to a restaurant or may not go to a hotel, but people still, still need a place to live. You know, no one's going to move out of the apartment because you're, you're worried about going to a, a, a shopping mall. And then you have some other sectors like the, the ones that are related to the tech economy. Economy, the cell towers, the data centers, uh, and also self-storage, they're really not directly impacted by this at all. And their stock actually has not suffered as much in this crisis as many of these others. So there's a lot of diversity within the REIT sector for investors who are looking for some way to diversify their portfolio exposures. And what are you seeing for REITs that uh, focus on student housing or senior housing? The, those are two very different ones. The student housing are facing a near-term crunch as a lot of the universities are shut down. Uh, but I believe that they'll probably be still be making those payments. So, uh, you know, the, the business needs to deal with the physical aspect of the health crisis. But in terms of the finances, I'm not sure that there would necessarily be a big impact. Now, the senior housing has a possible, well, first of all, they have, they have to make sure that the the virus does not spread through their communities. That's really the ultimate concern. Uh, if it does spread through their communities, they have a, a tragedy possibly on their hands, as we saw out in, in the state of Washington. And that means that they're also going to have some higher expenses over the near term. I think we all think that business expenses are less important than human life, but uh, nonetheless, they could have some more expenses there. Yeah. Well, my mother's in a uh, retirement home or 
senior housing. And uh, I am so happy she's there. I mean, the precautions they're taking and, the, and then the fact that she's just so taken care of, she doesn't have to get out. It seems like when, you, when I think of, of this kind of situation, I couldn't wish her to be anywhere. She's safer than she would be in my home. Yeah, well, I I talked with my mom. She's 96, and she said the retirement place where they live, the uh, they've closed the dining room. They are delivering meals to her apartment, and there are no visitors. She said, Calvin, don't you come visit me because they won't let you in. And I said, good. Uh, we'll wait till this is done. Yeah, that's the same thing at, at my mom's place, so it feels good. Well, let me ask you, Calvin, about the uh, interest rates. You know, with the Fed reducing their rates so low, when we pop out of this, what's the impact? Well, you know, when we pop out of this, we, we were in a low interest rate environment even before this crisis hit. Uh, you know, when you saw the Treasury in the you know below two percent range, two uh, percent and below. Uh, right now, these are unprecedented low rates that probably don't translate into the borrowing rates for commercial borrowers or for home borrowers, just because there's some risk premium, some spread over the Treasury yield before you get to a home mortgage rate or a commercial mortgage rate. Um, but that said, we're still in a low, low interest rate, low inflation, low interest rate environment. And once the economy stabilizes, I, I do believe it will in the second half of the year. I, I cross my fingers a little bit. But once the economy stabilizes, this interest rate environment could be very good for financing commercial real estate and, and home purchases. And what do you think about the, the banks, the CMBS, the, the agencies? Uh, where do you think they stand today or are looking forward to providing financing as obviously if financing's tough, that can have a real strain on the values. Yeah, well right now, no one wants to extend any new loans. Uh, right now, cash is king. Nobody really wants to have any type of investment given the overall uncertainty. And so you're probably gonna see a pause in any type of financing activity that parallels the pause in the economic activity. Um, when this is done, Again, I mentioned earlier that the banks are a bit better capitalized. You know, Fannie and Freddie are very ready for the the multifamily part of our market, and the you know the commercial banks have been providing a lot of the lending for the commercial real estate. And I would expect those spigots to open slowly once we get through the crisis, but they should open. Yeah, well, it's interesting. There's there's a lot of buyers already in, in the market. You know, I have a company that focuses on every property type throughout the Southeast. And a lot of the markets are, you know, there's a lot of buyers. There's still 1031 buyers out there. There's still activity, but I, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the same thing. There's probably 80, 85% of our stuff sort of stalled. Say, hey, Let's get through this lockdown. Let's get around on the other side of this and then and see what happens. Real estate has quite often been considered a, a safe asset and a, and a diversifying asset when there are concerns about business conditions. We've seen that in the past, and I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of months when the health situation straightens out a bit, you see actually fairly strong demand for income-producing real estate. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, we have an apartment complex. It's a inexpensive one, about $8.5 million. And there's three different buyers, cash buyers, is really on top of it, trying to almost competing for it. So, yeah, I think, that, you know, when you especially look at certain sectors, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, industrial, multifamily, uh, you would think a lot of those sectors would uh, would fare well. You know, the one thing that we don't really know is what the price point is going to be. Commercial property prices had been increasing moderately, you know, not so fast that you were worried about them getting too speculative and, and crashing, but they were continuing to rise with rising net operating income. We've had a reset of all asset values in this economy, and you're not going to see very many transactions over the next two months 
And when they do start up again, people are going to be asking questions about should the commercial property prices be marked down a bit? If so, how much? Or are they expecting some resumption of uh, rents and net operating income to justify premium prices? That's an open question as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. It's it'd be interesting to see how long this lasts and is it uh, kind of a, a new trend in NOI and, and uh, income occupancy rates or uh, is it a blip on the radar and, and not of so much consequence? Yeah, you know, I'm often uh, accused of being an optimist, but I would not say that this is going to be a blip. I, this is uh, more than a pothole in just about any any way we're looking at it. But you mentioned the the occupancy rates and, and NOI growth. And that's another thing about commercial real estate. When this crisis hit, the sector already had very high occupancy rates and good income growth, good NOI growth. Um, obviously, they need to get through the next couple of months. But starting from a position of strength in, occup in, in operating uh, performance and strength in per financial performance gives them more resources for the recovery ahead. And Gavin, what advice would you give um, property owners of commercial properties out there today when they're kind of uh, in this week, second week of uh, the government asking us all to kind of stay at home and, and, and while they're in this pause? Property owners need to be talking to their tenants, and this is going to depend, uh, you know, across the type of property. You know, if you're retail, if you if you own a retail shopping center or mall or something, you have to be talking to every one of your tenants. And probably the first question is going to be, how are you guaranteeing the public health concerns? of uh, the people who work there and the people who visit. Uh, the next thing you're going to want to do is talk about their concerns of cash flow and ability to meet the payments. And, and they'll also need to be talking to their, their bank, their financiers, the financing sources to find out what types of liquidity that they have. Uh, there are going to be a lot of businesses that are going to face temporary shortfalls in cash flow that they should expect to resume. When, when the economy gets going again, but they may need some creative ways to take care of that shortfall in cash flow. Uh, the danger for commercial real estate, or one risk for commercial real estate, is these shortfalls in cash flow can cascade through the chain from a, from a shopper to a store to the property owner to the financing. And every, everyone needs to be aware of how to handle these shortfalls as they come through the chain. Yeah, yeah, good point. And, you know, this could be a good time in some situations for uh, tenants to maybe ask for a, a rent abatement in exchange for extending their uh, lease term so she can provide some, some value increase to the landlord uh, and get a break on the rent now. So that could be a solution for, for some of these uh, landlords and tenants, right? Well, you know, for a business for, for, a, for a business that's been well performing and has a good relationship with the landlord and also for a lender who has a good uh, relationship with a property owner and borrower, it's probably in everyone's interest to work cooperatively. There may be some shared costs and that is that type of attitude is going to make it easier for us all to get through this together in one piece. Yeah, it's a good point. As a landlord, I think you got to look at Hey, if you just demand the rent and they can't pay it, do you really want the vacancy uh, right now, or do you want to try to try to work with them and do something that that at least makes sense uh, all around the board? Well, what else would you leave our audience with, Calvin, to think about as we speak here on uh, on this Monday? 
you know, when people are talking about this as investment, so this could be <clears throat> you know, retail investors looking at the market. I know that in some of the past uh, sharp downturns of the market, people get really concerned and they sell. Uh, this would be the absolute worst time to sell. I'm not going to be advocating, well, this is a good time to get in. I don't know if this is a good time to get in, but I do know that this would be a terrible time to sell because then you just lock in all of the losses that have happened so far. Um, if you're investing in equities, you have to have the stomach for a rocky ride for some period. But you know, if you're looking at something two years, five years, 10 or 30 years from now, holding on to the stocks you have right now, including holding on to REITs, is probably the best decision you can make. Yeah. You want to buy low, sell high, not the opposite. <laughs> right? All right, Calvin, thanks for joining us, sir. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Stay safe. Yeah, if you'd like more information, uh, reach uh, Calvin Shore. He's with NAREIT, uh, and you can find them uh, on the internet. We'll put a link to their information. And uh, let us know what you think. We appreciate your comments. We appreciate you sharing the show and uh, reaching out to us uh, through uh, social media or through the old-fashioned telephone. <laughs> Feel free to always uh, give me a call. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Have you seen the DNA of CRE? Well, it's a survey you can take about how commercial agents work day to day, their technology, their challenges, the systems, and a lot more about how commercial agents and their marketing people work. And you get access to the results. So take the survey, check out the results. You can find it at the show website, which is CREshow.com, and then look for the DNA of CRE. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.